Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Zach Charbonnet, to my Kenneth Walker. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, you know, just looking to get my chance, Coach. And uh, our... <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, uh, no. I'll have our very own Geno Smith. That's right. Sarah Kronovic. Eric. I was like, if you call me D.E. Eskridge, I'm going to tell you, no, I am not worthless. I have value. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? No, I had to be the other person who got a rushing attempt in this last game, of course. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, you love it. You love to hear it. This is uh, this this is here. We're here for group therapy. All the Patreons already listened to seven minutes of me talking to myself. Uh, yes, so because my after internet connection went down because it had mercy on my soul. Unlike Brett's internet connection, which stayed connected the whole game. Yeah, Brett, Brett, Brett might have Brett, Brett might have had been having a bad time at the end of that game, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, I like I was I was talking to him about it. I was like, I don't even. I'm not even a hundred percent. I was like, I'm not even a hundred percent sure what you're mad about. And he was like, Me either, really. But it's definitely a me problem. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I love <laughs> the level of self awareness <laughs> to just be like, Brett, Yeah, the I'm voice just pissed. Of, the voice of twelve. <laughs> Brett's just, like, Brett's just like, I'm just angry. I, I'm angry at everyone. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I hate everyone, everything. I hey, do not want to his, exist. He's kept his passion over all these years. You know what? I, I love it. I, I would, I'd, I wouldn't want him to be any other way, to be honest with you. Like, it is, it, you just know it at this point. Like, if you've known him for long enough, you just know he's going to have like an absolute meltdown after a game like that. And you know what? Uh, at least he didn't do his Nash absolute meltdown on a nationally televised football game like your Seattle Seahawks. All right, Eric, just start us off and from an emotional perspective. Go full Brett. What 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 are you feeling at the at the end of uh, thirty seven to three Baltimore Ravens versus Seattle Seahawks? Uh, it just kind of puts in perspective how this team really is. So we've talked about this in the preseason. Hey, the NFC it's not that good. We can sneak in the playoffs, guys. We're not that good. Maybe we can sneak in the playoffs. But at this point, I'm looking at it. If we get in the playoffs with, what, nine wins? Because uh, we have to win the next two. And then there's uh, a couple more in there that we can get. What are we going to do in the playoffs? I don't think that we have a chance of really doing much in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, we beat everyone's Ooh, favorite. I just like that Eric starts off with the leads a we- week. Your week, we <laughs> we beat everyone's favorite up upcoming uh, NFC team, the Detroit Lions. If, this is that yeah, you're that's right early in the season, and that was this week is the two. That is this so is, far ago in football. That is ancient. This is the nice thing. Guy, this is the thing. The, the thing for me is that send the you're, to you're right. The 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 NFC stinks and the <laughs> AFC is good. And you know how I know this? Because like every AFC the North NFC. every AFC North <laughs> team is just beating the brakes off of the NFC teams. The NFC West scored six points this week. That's total the silver lining is that Between everyone in the division teams. lost. Uh, not the 49ers, because they didn't play. That was the but, that was yes, that was the I, winning play was to yes, have your bye this week. Play. Yeah, don't play. Okay, let's let's put. I want to put a few things in perspective because it is a tough loss, and I, I do want to say, red voice. What was I um, thinking? Baltimore is number three all time in DVOA right now through nine weeks. They their DVOA is forty nine. Second place is the Chiefs at twenty nine point six. They are light years ahead of everyone else so far this regular season. Um, there, Lamar Jackson is eighteen and one against NFC teams. I mean, we all last week said it was going to be tough sledding this week, but the team, the Seahawks had recently given us reasons to think, to be hopeful because they had played 
if not a great brand of football, a resilient brand of football, right? A brand of football that made you think they were at least going to hang in and play tough. Uh, they did neither you know the of those things. They did that. neither of those things this week. <laughs> the Go telling ahead, stat is, do you know who has the best record in the NFC West? Uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, 4-0. The Cincinnati Bengals, 4-0. Yes, that's so exactly good. it. That is that is all of it. That is everything you need to know right now about the difference between the AFC and the NFC. I mean, if I look at the NFC, just like before, Detroit, Philadelphia, Dallas, none of these teams scare me. But guess what? If we played in the AFC, Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo, Miami, uh, freaking Cincinnati, all these the teams terri- so all these teams terrify me. Like I don't. It's just weird that all the like really great quarterbacks and teams that I would not want to meet in the playoffs are all in the AFC. They're just, and then you also just, have, we have teams like Houston that I don't think are world beaters, but man, they're entertaining and dangerous. Yeah. yeah no, like if Houston was in our division, like I would be like, Oh, they're, they're threatening. They're threatening the NFC yeah. West, but like in the AFC, they're like, maybe they'll make the playoffs. That it's just a different, we play on a different planet from the, from the, uh, that's the, the thing though, is we the almost AFC beat teams. the Bengals. Uh, the bills definitely seem human. Uh, Miami, uh, as long as they're not playing, uh, against the refs in Kansas city, I feel like they uh, they have an excellent. Chance I mean, they're they're all they're all my, Miami's all right. I don't. I'd like to see them and make a good platform because right now they're the combined winning record of like the teams they've played is like three three hundred. They're like us. You know the, I think my Miami is like an AFC AFC Hawks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, here's the, here, uh, to, to steal a Simpsons thing. Uh, the the old if you slow down the tape, you can see the exact moment where their heart broke. Um, I, I can think you can find the exact moment where the Seahawks lost. It was, uh, so Gino throws the interception to triple coverage. And then on the ensuing drive, Mafe, uh, gets the ball, uh, like on that swipe with the left tackle. And we have kind of this exchange and it's looking competitive and the defense played a really good first half. And then Charbonnet whiffs on the chip, uh, block and, uh, Vanoy, mm. Kyle Vanoy strips Gino. Baltimore gets the ball in the 35. They kick the field goal to go up 17-3 at the half. And then uh, Gus Edwards has that back-breaking run coming out of the uh, coming out of halftime. And it's like that exchange through halftime. It went from 14-3 with us possibly looking at points going into the half to 17-3 with them having ju- just ripped off a big run to start the second half. That was that was rough. Bless I'll your heart for saying that the- was it. But the Jackson, like the J- Jackson Smith and Jigba bobble on the sidelines and like the fur was that the first drive where he bobbled it going out of bounds. And it was I was like, that was ominous to me. I was like, dang, that's a catch that dude probably makes ninety nine percent of the time. And he just well, he was six for seven. So, yes, that's, he, the, that's he, the catch he, he missed. He, <laughs> he bobbled. He bobbles. He bobbles a weird one that would have been a first down, kept the drive going. We were completely overmatched on both sides of the ball. The offensive line, the defensive line. I went back and watched the tape. I was trying to watch for specific things. I was trying to watch, like, what do I think? Because a lot of people are, are passing blame around. We're blaming Gino. We're blaming uh, Shane Waldron. We're blaming the offensive line, blaming that. Um, I think if I we're going to do a, an old Seahawks nest game that we used to love. I used to love, <laughs> which is we're going to assign some blame. Okay. And for me, if I was assigning some blame, and I'll let you guys uh, assign some blame in a second. I miss this I w- game. I would assign most of my blame to Shane Waldron. Can we run one intermediate route over the middle of the field? It was like we took away 
a big chunk of the field from ourselves, never running routes over the middle. Are we that afraid of Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith? Now, I will say, I said it before the game, those guys are really good at football. Absolutely ridiculous to never even try to attack them with athletes like Jackson Smith and Jigba and DK Metcalf. You know how many passes we threw between between 10 and 20 yards in this game, period? One. And none of them were over the middle. It's to the outside. One one intermediate pass is an embarrassment. This is a, the, I think if I'm if I'm assigning the blame, my favorite thing, I'm giving like seventy five percent of the blame pie to Shane Waldron. What a what a terrible coaching performance by him. Not only to just let their pass rush run amuck over our offensive line, but also to just like. T- give them the opportunity where we're running only deep routes or only short routes, nothing intermediate where those plays are easy for Gino. You know, Gino just has to make the read and go when DK is running an eight yard slant, right? It's not that hard. So he made everything more difficult. And I think that he deserves the most of the blame. <clears throat> Kevin, where, if you're assigning the blame pie, where, where are you giving it to? Uh, I'm going to assign, I think a healthy 25% to Gino. Uh, I think when you're the starting quarterback, you get to be on the front line of success and the front line of failure. And I think, and he has said he has not played up to his own standards. Um, His decision-making has been questionable. Uh, He did a, he did a decent job of getting rid of the ball. Uh, 2.79 on the time to throw. He wasn't trying to extend plays uh, too terribly much in negative ways, but I felt like he was also missing on some of the hot rod opportunities when he had to adjust because there was pressure. He was unable to adjust and reset to make a throw. Um, the offensive line needed the quarterback's help in this game and they didn't get it. Uh, so for as much as I think the bulk of the blame goes to Waldron, I think uh, second or third on that list is Gino. Eric, where, where would you like to place uh, place the blame? You know, good uh, good radio is when we all take three different blame games. But I really wanted to kind of go deep dive on Gino. I, I wrote some notes, so I am going to slightly disagree with Kevin and say I'm going to give 40% of the blame to Gino. So if you look at Gino's history uh, outside of the Seattle Seahawks, he has not been successful. And a lot of that is staring down one receiver. It seems to be an overconfidence looking at his college career and his college tape of, you know, why he he can't, uh, you know, sustain any sort of success. Uh, last year showed us that he can actually be a really good quarterback. And when he says, like he said in the uh, post game this week, he said, you know, that he's not playing up to his level, but um, he is missing wide open guys. Uh, I don't really know if the offensive yeah, he, play. He has like two is... or three passes every week now. Yeah. Where it's just like, and, what was and he's that? Also, what was that? He's doing this thing, which is like the hubris pass where he just, you know, zips it into tight coverage, and sometimes it makes well, it. Well, the pick, the pick on the off. Tyler throw, he was throwing into four defenders that were around him. It's absurd. And there was a, I think it was his second completion was right. It was like threading the needle. And I, I get it. That's what a quarterback does. And when it happens and it's good, you're like, yes, that's uh, you know, that's my quarterback. But I really don't know if Gino is that quarterback. And it's been happening pretty much all season. I you maybe you can go back to like one game like the Detroit game. Oh, uh, he didn't have that then, but all season he's been kind of making these. Uh, I'm gonna say it, Geno Smith esque plays, and I don't mean last year. I mean through his NFL career, and I'm a little worried that um, 
we're we're kind of locked in on a guy that might just be a little more middle of the road than we thought he was. I'm going to take your transition there real quick. Locked yeah. in on a guy. Real quick, we have just stated the issues with uh, Geno Smith. The issues with Geno Smith are the same issues you would have if you brought in Drew Locke. This is why, True. and I'll yeah. speak for the two of you, I assume, um, this is why when people are like, put in Drew Locke. Why? We want someone who doesn't throw baffling throws into triple coverage. That's not Drew Locke's game. <laughs> we want a guy it's who the... doesn't hold on to the football too long. That's not Drew's lock game. Drew Locke's game. Like, I don't uh, like we could assign plenty of blame to Gino. Um, but I think in the offseason, the decision to sign him to the deal we did based on the options we had available was a very reasonable decision. And I think in addition to that, continuing to give him the start over Drew Locke when you consider both players skill set, I think is a reasonable decision. So we can both be unhappy with his level of play and find it inadequate. Well, at the same time, understanding that it's not poor decision-making or mismanagement that has put us in the situation, in my opinion. See, here's the thing. I actually disagree. I do think it is poor decision-making. And here's the, here's the statistic I'm going to use to back myself up is expected completion percentage, the next gen stats. Then they basically chart every play and then they take it and they say, okay, what do we, the average thrower, what do we expect they would throw? And actually Gino outperforms his X completion percentage by a lot. Um, I mean, that's pure arm talent. Um, I don't know. You know, we can talk about sample size and stuff, but there are only four quarterbacks with lower expected completion percentages than Gino. Okay, that means they're they're making they're these are the only people who are making more difficult throw choices than Gino. Will Levis, Tarod Taylor, Kenny Pickett, and of course the legend Milf Hunter himself, Zach Wilson. Like, I I just think like and like if you look at this stat, you know the guys who are in first: Mahomes, Lawrence, Tyson Bajan, uh, Lamar Jackson, Tua. <laughs> like these are the best these are the best quarterbacks in football, right? The guys who are on the top of this list. Tyson Bajan especially, but, but, uh, you know, the best quarterbacks in football, they, they put them, they make the right throw. And I think Gino sometimes picks like, like you guys said, he threw in a quadruple coverage. He picks the tougher throw sometimes. And it is bewildering to me. It's like, dude, what were you looking at there? What were you thinking? And then now he, he, not only is he picking the toughest throw, but he's also making some inaccurate throws. Whereas last year, I felt like he was super accurate. Everything was a dart. Everything was right on the spot. Like you can get away with picking really difficult throws if you're going to be that accurate. But this year, it's just not the accuracy is not there. Um, Long term, I think we all are in agreement. Um, The team needs to think about like what comes next after Gino. Now, that doesn't mean that they should bench him this season for Drew Locke. Like you said, Kevin, I completely agree. That would be the worst decision. This is a playoff team, especially in this soft NFC where one team that probably isn't that good is going to make it. And if you consider us to not be very good, then two teams that aren't very good are going to make it. Because <laughs> um, there's going to be a team that makes the playoffs that's everyone thinks is worse than us. And so Because the NFC South exists. <laughs> the NFC is just bad. The NFC is just not good. It's just not good football. Actually, yeah, like, I would say fuck. the NFC North is a little rough, too. <laughs> Yeah, there's just not a like. There's one team that I think people kind of fear, Philadelphia. I think there's a team that's kind of a regular season juggernaut in in Dallas. There's a team that cannot withstand any form of injury at all in San Francisco. But if everyone's healthy, they're great. I'm not going to deny that. And then there's then are we the fourth best team? The Lions, fifth best team, maybe. I don't think you can call us the fourth best team at all. I I don't. Judging by how we're playing and our injuries injuries on the offensive line. There's well, no way we're the fourth best team. 
Okay, so that, then okay then. So you're saying that Detroit's is that clear, is Hawksness wishful thinking. Detroit's clearly better then. So then who's better than if then we're fifth then, Eric? I mean, the difference between fourth and fifth is not. Really, I don't know. I I'm not. You big Saints guy. Teams, Minnesota I'm not. Vikings. I'm not a big Seahawks guy right now. I love Pastronaut. the team. You like the Pastronaut. I can't say I like the Saints. <laughs> I no, can't. The Vikings, but Vikings. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I'll take the Vikings over us right now. The pastor, it's pastronaut country here, baby. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> you you go to me into it, I'll take it. Because guess what? They are winning, and they're winning with a bad quarterback. And I don't mean Kirk Cousins, rest in peace. The Seahawks are five and three with a bad quarterback, too. Uh okay. Uh the the Yeah, okay. Let's get into the individual performances now. Let's start on the offense. We already talked Gino. I don't think we need to say any more. Bad. Uh rushing game running game. Uh <laughs> Uh, so Ken 13, Walker atta- averaged, 13 attempts for 24 one, yards. Ken Walker averaged 1.8 yards per attempt and two yards after contact. Zach Charbonnet averaged two yards per attempt, two yards after contact. The end. That's my analysis. Yeah. Rush. That, in all seriousness, thanks for covering that, Kevin, because I knew you'd have like all the stats. And I was like, as soon as Nathan made the noise, I was like, Kevin, lead us in. They were given blocking. nothing and did little with it. Congrats. Well, I don't, I think with what we could do, like, I mean, we're just getting our ass kicked. What you can't establish a run game with that. As bad as, as bad as the pass blocking was 21 pressures, uh, four sacks, the run blocking was somehow worse. (laughs) That, that I think that I think pretty much sums up the the experience I had in this game is like, I'm watching the, I'm watching the center of the field because I felt like that was where everything went wrong. So I'm watching the line and just like these, this 10 yard box along the, and I'm just like, man, we are just getting the brakes beat out of us on every the right side of our line play. got crushed. Like the uh, right side of our line just got crushed between stone Forsyth and Jason Peters. That's seven pressures. Just the two of those guys. Um, yep. That's pretty bad. Abe Lucas is supposed to start practicing this week. So you can start hoping that that maybe we can get him back. That will help Ooh. a lot. Uh, Phil, yes. Phil Haynes and Damian Lewis each allowed two pressures. Uh, Evan Brown allowed four. Cross allowed for the, and the whole Lewis's sacks was rough. The whole like leave cross out on an island thing. I I don't know if it's like I, I feel like everyone knows we're doing it. You know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, they just like have full faith in Charles Cross. And then they they <laughs> like play games out there with him. And he's just not he so far this season. He's not picking he had, it up. He had, in the last four, let's just go with the last four weeks because on week one he had no no pressures left. But the, four pressures, two pressures, six pressures, four pressures. Like this guy is not playing great football right now. In fact, I would say he's playing pretty bad football, worse than last year. You have to do something to help him. You can't just like leave him out there on an island and hope he figures it out. It's just another failure of the offensive coaching staff, in my opinion. I will say our tight ends and running backs did a really bad job helping this game. Uh, on the like, as I mentioned already, Charbonnet straight up whiffed his chip on the uh, on the strip just before halftime on Gino. Uh, there were multiple blocks he missed. K uh, nine clearly missed a couple of blocks as well. Uh, one of the sacks was credited can, to Noah. Can I don't? Can I only pass blocked once, and it, he it, he messed it up bad. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> he messed up one so bad that I thought it was more than one mistake. It, yeah, uh, that, he, that's the situation. He went, one, he went one for one. Just basically allowed a allowed a pressure right off the bat. Just yeah. Immediately. And then yeah, Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Um, 
I thought that was a I thought that was a line call thing. I did not think that was totally his fault. I I do think on some level pressure is a quarterback stat. It is him but if and you the look at cross job. cross was setting up for the chip to happen, it should have that chip would have knocked uh, the edge rusher uh, slightly to the edge rusher's left, which was where cross was squared up what? to basically like hold him still, and like and Charbonnet just like flat out missed him with the shoulder. Why is Charbonnet lined up as an inline tight end anyway? What are we doing? <laughs> like no one, no one gave uh, Shane Waldron any play, blame, though. but he definitely deserves it. Like he had a snap at inline tight end and he pass blocked on that play. Like what are we? What are we doing? Seahawks football. I just don't understand. I don't know. I, Another question this, though is why didn't we there, try to go four wide if we were trying to huck the ball to play catch up? We never went four wide. Is Bobo injured? Because we can't throw any passes between ten and twenty yards, it's it's illegal. So so we have to. We why would we? Uh, we can't go four wide. That's that'd be like we'd have to run some intermediate routes if we did that. No, instead let's just do. I don't know, man. There's all this like there was all this uh, Shane Waldron fluff and hype this week. Uh, uh, what was it? JT O'Sullivan did a thing about Shane Waldron and called him like the best low key. Yeah, the athletic pack. had like, a lot of good things to say about him on their national show. Yeah, it's like it's like there was like so much Waldron hype this week, and boy, uh, I think he derailed his own hype train right there. He clearly wants to stay our offensive coordinator and made sure to do everything. He's like, oh man, I want to get some of these bad head coaching job offers. I better do something about that this week. I don't want to be the coach of the of the Las Vegas Raiders next year, so I better (laughs) (laughs) better cough this one up. I don't know. Horrible coaching performance. uh, Really bad offensive performance. I. Anything else you want to say about the offense, Eric, before we move to the defense? No, I got nothing. No, I, I don't. This whole game. Horrible. Uh, JSN had a good game aside from that bobble. Yeah, JSN we, continues yeah, we, to we be like a that. very functional, functional yeah, wide receiver, yeah, and I like it. He's fine. He's very, he's very good. good. All right, defense. Um, I felt like every drive, the defense got more and more demoralized. I don't really feel like they played the worst game I've ever seen. They were uh, pressing was, hard in the second half. It was half. not good. They did this thing in the second half that really irritated me, which is like they were just trying to get turnovers. It felt like yes. everything, like the tackling was bad because guys were just like trying to punch the ball out instead of just making the tackle. When, you yes. know what, if they just make the tackle, guess what? Maybe we can get the ball back and get. Now, I also watched, I think they, like us, watched the Seahawks offense and knew that they had to get do everything by themselves. Yes. <laughs> That is what happened. Guys were trying to jump routes. Guys were trying to punch the ball out. It was a lot of sloppy play and hero ball, which is exactly what the problem on the passing game is as well. You can't, you cannot do that against a team like the Ravens. This is why we're going to get killed by the first in the, we're going to make the playoffs and get killed by the first actually good team we play. If we have to play Philadelphia or San Francisco, or maybe any team at this rate. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna, afraid to say that. I feel like you're. You, you think we're going to miss the playoffs, out. Eric? You th- like? I think there's ser- a chance we miss the playoffs. That's such an overreaction I, to one game, Eric. I'm just going to. I'm just going to be direct. Hey, not, let me talk. Let me talk. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. It's go not ahead. just one game. Watch okay. the last few weeks. We have not played very well. In a win, we have not played very well. And I can't tell you that. Yeah, if we make the playoffs, great. But what are we going to do in the playoffs? And no Seahawk fan right now can tell me like, well, if you look at this and you know they can do that, yeah, that's all hopeful thinking. Right now, I see a team that is probably going to squeeze into the playoffs, and it's not going to matter a bit. The, I, I don't feel like we played that bad the last three weeks. Um, like, 
especially the like if you go back four weeks, like that game against the Bengals, the offense has looked bad. But the but the defense has been improving rapidly. And I don't think this game is like an indictment on the it's defense. It's been improving rapidly, but it hasn't it certainly hasn't been locked down. I like Witherspoon. Uh Reek is I would say more hit than miss, but not exactly consistent. Um, I really like our pass rush outside of this game. Like, let's just take this Boy, game Boy, Mafe being a dude again. Boy, Mafe is just turning into that guy. I and mean, it's awesome. we, we went into – I just want to say, though, we went into Cincinnati and held them to 17 points. The following week, they went to San Francisco and scored 31. Yes, like, and we, that's the thing, though. We should have beat them in that game because they did oh, not we play very it, well, and we no. should have beat them. And the offense the, is the problem. That's yeah. the, that's kind of the big point I want to make. It's like this team needs to figure out the offense. There's too much talent. There's too much. There's too many players that are purportedly good. DK Metcalf, the Tyler Lockett. is not as good as the sum of the parts, and that's a coaching problem. The co- it's a coaching issue for sure. I totally agree. and I can't I can't say that it's not all like a lot of it is the offensive line. And take away this game, it is an aberration. But man, I just like we should have throttled the Cardinals. We we beat the Browns, but I didn't think we were going to come back and beat the Browns. Um, I don't know. You can even go back to what the the Giants game, only scoring twenty one, uh, twenty four points, twenty four points. We're right in front of me. I, I feel it. like should have been bigger, and that's yeah. uh, those are all wins. But I just the offense is not instilling you with any sort of faith. And a lot of that is Gino, and mo- I would say slightly more of it is the play calling. And yeah, we gave the, up thirty-seven. The offense is just ugh. It's, we gave it's, up thirty-seven in this game, and I think we would all argue the offense looked far worse than the defense. The defense let us hang around for half a football game. The offense gave us like I don't know, maybe like five seconds of hope. Yeah, if well, the half offense, a football game, if if, if the offense won't little be less, on the field, little like, less than a half, because. Because, like, honestly, the game, like, it ended when they scored that field goal at the end of the first half. That if we get a field goal there and it's 14 to 6, yes, the defense totally hung us in there. That, for, that was for the worst half. drive of the game, though. It was it was tip pass Horrible. for Gino. It was sack for Gino. It was fumble. And, it and, was and just like, we went from in field goal range. We went from in field goal yep. range to we basically handed them three points. What a cr- – what a crazy swing. Yeah, we're really still, crappy six-point swing. This is the best part, though, about, I think, like, because I, I came into this podcast thinking, like, hey, we're just going to slam on the offense for the whole podcast. And I tried to transition us to defense, and we're now back to talking about how crappy the offense yeah. is. <laughs> you know, if they don't like it, they shouldn't earn it. <laughs> um, I don't Oh, my gosh. It's just so bad. It was so bad. The offense – I mean, like you said, Eric, the defense is on the field for, like, 41 minutes. I – Anyone who's played of an ounce of football would can tell you if you have to play forty one minutes, uh, like especially a trench as a trenches guy, uh, you're dead. <laughs> That's the thing, though. You said you said the defense is on the field for forty one minutes. I'm I, I'm just thinking to myself, like, wow, we must have really had the ball for all twelve minutes of the first quarter. I, like, I yeah. <laughs> when did we even have the ball? The drive charts for the second half are so bad, too. Oh, it's 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 abhorrent. It's just so so so. What's so the bad. line of What's the line from Bull Durham? Eight and sixteen. How did we ever win eight? Yes. <laughs> I mean that's like, a that problem. Almighty, how did we ever win eight? We're gonna get to like ten a win still, and it's and we're just gonna it's gonna be like the worst ten. You really, okay, worst so feeling. we're at five wins right now. You think we're picking up five more? Well, yeah, I think 
We get to play four. the Cardinals, the Titans, the the Manders. Those those are those are wins. We'll win one game that we shouldn't we'll win. We'll get to that in a second, but I think this Commanders game is going to be really important for figuring it out because the Commanders should be one of the last teams out of the playoffs in the NFC. And so if we don't well, like handle business against them, that's tellingly bad. Yes, the at, home versus Commanders is a big game next week. I'm I'm ready to just kind of wash this game from my memory. We still haven't talked very much, enough about the defense, but we'll come what back. Game? I'm the 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 Baltimore Ravens thirty seven <laughs> to three home victory over about. the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but I'm if the Doing if we bit. if we if we go out and we uh, <laughs> no I was playing into the bit uh, if we go to if we home game against Commanders if we win you know twenty eight to thirteen games never in doubt feels feels pretty good or even like a ugly 24 13 win i'm whatever i'm just like moving on with my life i know what we are we are a middle of the pack team that's going to make the playoffs might we might steal a win in the first round and then we're going to get absolutely blasted by the philadelphia eagles in the second round that i'm fine i can live with that to be honest this is a team that is ahead of once again we we knew we were going to do a rebuild after the rust trade last year we made the playoffs uh, and we didn't look bad against San Francisco. I thought in the playoffs, we know this game was uh, decently close for a half. And then this, and if you ask year, San Francisco's fans, that's a, that's a, that's a 49ers team that would have won the Super Bowl by 47 points. If uh, it wasn't for injuries. <laughs> so then, we might've been the best this year, ever last year. This year, you know, <laughs> we're going to ever, we're going to get 10 wins and we're going to, it's good experience to have all these young players playing in playoff games, playing against these important teams, learning experience. If they if they bounce back next week against the Commanders and learn from this Ravens game, uh, I think it's an incredibly progressive step. It looks re- it looks really good for the Seahawks if they look good next week. If we get if we lose to the Commanders, this the tone of this podcast next week will be worrying. I think for some people because because I generally try to stay I generally try <laughs> to stay really positive um, in general just about like everything. But also I think Pete Carroll gives us a lot of reasons to have faith in the in his process and his the way he works. And uh, I will maybe it will start to uh, shatter for me a little bit if we lose to the command. I don't think the commanders are a very good football team. Uh, like no, but they have a quarterback bad. who is throwing the ball at times, and that is worrying to me. <laughs> Sam Sam Howell is on professional pace to functional break, quarterback is yes. on pace to break the sacks record in like week twelve. <laughs> like the all time we NFL we getting has anything to say about it. it he is he is on pace i was going to bring this up later but he is on pace to break how how many sacks do you think sam howell has taken this year already oh let's see uh, where, i'm not looking it up played nine 21 have they played 21. nine games 21 okay so let me look that up for you kevin because uh, that will matter Redskins. They're nine games, four and five. Eight. They're four that. and five. Okay, so uh, I'm okay, going to go ahead. with forty-seven. Forty-seven. Okay, that's forty-seven. Is a is a great guess. Let's let's get some context in here. Okay, the NFL record is two thousand two. David Carr, Houston Texans. Oh yeah, it is. Okay, he took he took seventy six sacks. So it's not 21 okay. is what you're saying. And that was in not, 16 it, games, which is about a yes. five sack pace. So I went with a okay. six sack pace because of how fast you said it would go. I was like um, a little under Sam six Howell, sacks a game. Sam Howell has been sacked 
44 times already, which puts him barely outside the top 20 all time. He needs 10 more to hit the top 20. He, so he's getting he's sacked on average five times a game. So what you're saying yeah. is we should have Dave Craig raise the, raise the <laughs> no. flag this weekend? Five times, five times, yeah, five times yeah. nine, forty-five. He's, yeah, he's getting sacked five yeah. times a game. Five. That times sucks. That's had, that means seven this week, boys. Seven had, or eight. He had forty sacks through seven games. Like he didn't get Gross. sacked once against the Eagles. Um, and that was like that was like a progress. But then he got sacked four times against the Patriots. That this we're in a win. Sack it, sack them up, sack them up, boys. Okay, let's go back to the defense. Uh, Boy Amafe, very good. Star is born. We, we've been talking him up. Uh, two run stops, uh, two pressures, strip sack. He's our best. Oh, we were forgetting about this game. We're no, let's, no. Stay, let's stay with the Manders, man. Let's let's deep dive no, on this no. Manders team. I actually want to talk about a few of the guys in defense because that's really good. Trey Brown is is a really good second number two corner. He's very good. He's the new DJ uh, that, Reed. Are you talking about the man who puts Jamar Chase in a box? That guy. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Uh, Tariq Woolen, good. Witherspoon, good. Even though he was, he got real aggressive in the second half in a way that I felt like was detrimental <laughs> to his play. Uh, but I, he, I'm okay he, with it. Him he was and trying Jamal to make were a play. the two that were pushing the hardest to make. Like him and Jamal were trying to peanut punch or uh, like get an interception on every single play. The two of them in the second half were playing slop ball because they were trying to win they were trying to win the game on every play Leonard Williams is really good but (laughs) if this is the state of the team if they're gonna get beat that badly by a good by the good teams they play then you should not trade a second round pick for anyone you should try to get guys on rookie contracts it is a mistake to bring in Leonard Williams uh in that case, unfortunate, especially when you hear that Leonard Williams had a full no trade clause and told the Giants the only team he'd be traded to is the Seattle Seahawks. There's wow. no way then that we should have given up a second rounder for that. We're the only team they could trade him to. Give him less. Give them less. Give them less. Problem. Problem. Seahawks always seem to give their best offer right off the bat in the trade market, and it really bites them in the butt. And I'm tired. I'm tired of it. That we overtrade every time. We overtrade, and we, we always have value, like one. Yeah. Con- we always have one contract on our roster. On our roster that really just bothers me. And in this case, it's the Will Disley contract. I just don't. Still don't understand that's it. I've a, never, never been able to figure it out. That's at least easy to get out of at this yeah. point. And yep. same, with, also, same with the Draymond Jones deal. It's easy for us to just walk away from it after. We this also season. have money to spend. So By the way, for those of you wondering like, where the Leonard Williams re-signing money comes from, it comes from walking away from the Draymond Jones deal if he didn't do what we asked him to do. Mm-hmm. Draymond, Draymond Jones is not him right now. He is absolutely not the dude. So, yeah, I, I think, like, they signed Draymond Jones hoping he would, like, kind of uh, finished tapping into his potential. You know, he had been an eight-sack guy, which is good from an interior dude, and they were like, okay, you know, we, well, he finished his tapping potential. He could become a 10 sack guy. He's nothing of the sort. Big disappointment, big letdown. Um, the the inverse of the Jaron Reed is way better than we expected. <laughs> uh, is Draymond Jones? Yeah. All right, Eric. Now I now I feel like I can forget about this game because we did talk a little bit about the defenses. Are you, Sweet. Yes. Just great. just kidding, Jared. D- Jer- 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 Jarek Reed, 
Jarek Reed. <laughs> Jarek Reed missed a tackle. Broke my heart. I love him so much. Broke, so broke your little hammer. Well, in a game where everyone was bad, he, he missed one tackle. He still had a great Here, game. Here's the problem. Jer- Jarek Reed is the tone setter. We've all agreed on that. When he gets special teams tackles, sets the tone. Sets the tone. He's a tone setter. Uh, Jarek Reed misses a tackle. That set the t- That's a tone setting. Set the tone. That today was a day where they were going to miss we were tone deaf. a lot of tackles. How many tackles do you think that the Seahawks missed in this game, according to Pro Football Focus? On 76 so snaps. I charted it. I'll go. I'm going to go 17. I'm going high because Kevin taught me to go high. 17 Pump is high numbers. That would be a those lot. Those rookie numbers. Pump those numbers up, buddy. Those 23. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it was on 23 different plays. You know, you, you could have multiple missed tackles yeah, on the yeah. same play. But uh, Which yeah, we definitely do. Where were where were you when Keaton Mitchell just destroyed the Saddle Seahawks for uh, for nine rushing attempts for 138 yards? And this is uh, where Jamal he, has three missed it. tackles because he was trying to pop the ball out every single time. Spoon has two missed tackles because he was trying to pop the ball out every single time. Fifth, uh, Keaton Mitchell had 15 yards after contact per attempt. What if they that just tackled? The what if they just tackled him when he started running, as opposed to trying to to do anything else? What if they That'd just uh, made the tackles? Yeah. All right. Whatever. I'm I'm done. Now I'm done. Now I'm really done. Let's talk about Manders. All right. Uh, Manders, 26th in DVOA, negative 17.7, 29th ranked offense, 18th ranked defense, but their def. Oh no, sorry, sorry, I did that wrong. 23rd ranked offense, 29th ranked defense, and they lost their two best players at the trade deadline: Montez Sweat and Chase Young. This is a team you should be embarrassed if you lose to. Good job, New England Patriots. (laughs) They are not trying to win. They are not very good. They are shifting over with a new management group. Uh, They know. I think they are very aware of where they're at in their development, which is kind of tearing it down to the studs. They brought. They are using Sam Howell as a total tank commander. This guy just takes sacks and is not good. Somehow they are four and five though against all odds. I'm just going to call that the Sam Howell is not that bad actually. Uh, real quick, you know, when they're keeping games uh, close. Okay, I think what, something what's to keep in mind with Howell. this is I'm so excited about this. What is good about Sam Howell? Sam Howell has more big time throws and turnover worthy plays. Sam Howell is a capable runner. Sam Howell doesn't turn over the ball especially often. Sam Howell plays adequate quarterback. If Sam Howell was the Atlanta it... Falcons quarterback, the Atlanta Falcons would be considerably better for him. You, Sam Howell has nine he interceptions, has three fumbles, like, and nine three... interceptions. Yeah. And 44 sacks. Those are all. And remember, drives that have a sack in them are like five times more likely to end without points or some. It's like crazy. Okay, well, it's basically like sacks are it's a basically quarterback like a number. 44 sacks is not on the quarterback. Like that's come on. I don't if think the sacks I don't are like think that he, plentiful. That in, is a systemic breakdown. I think this. This <laughs> this team is real bad. And this guy is n- I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Howell stuck around. Actually, he has 10. Sam Howell has to do a lot of the work, though. But, Look at oh, no, that's a career stats. Look at their, their run game. game. Brian Robinson Jr. is like RB5 in fantasy somehow. They they have a great running game for us to stop because it's predicated sure. on a power running attack, and we should be able to just like beat that down. Yep. I actually like our matchup against their run game. Uh, the thing is, this would be a good test of, are we going to just pick on the bad guy in the secondary? Because we all agreed that we kind of did that a couple times this year. And we have the right combination of players to be able to do that. So whoever their second outside corner is opposite uh, Benjamin St. Juice, we should just pick on that guy. It's probably going to be uh, Forbes, 
who's terrible and I hated the draft pick and I feel vindicated with that because he has been a <laughs> dirty diaper all season and we should just look like Gino should be like, okay, who's Forbes on? All right, I'm throwing to that guy. Oh, it's DK. Cool. I'll throw it to that guy. Forbes will just like, he'll wear him like a backpack going into the end zone on every single play. Cause that guy can't take him down. Cause he weighs like a hundred pounds less than DK Metcalf. And you think I'm being hyperbolic when I say a hundred pounds less, I am not exercising much hyperbole as you think. DK Metcalf is like 60 pounds heavier than this dude. He has no shot. And he, uh, muscle weighs more than fat. So there you go. Yeah. They're 20, they're 29th, uh, in the league against the pass. They're really bad against the pass. Uh, this should be Gino's also... get right game. If Gino can't get right against them, that is a really bad sign. They're 25th uh, in DVOA in the passing game. They're ninth in the running game. But like you said, Kevin, that is something we thought until we gave up 300 rushing yards last week was the strength of our team. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, uh, do, uh, do the do the Manders have Lamar Jackson? Because that is a variable in a run game that must be considered its own unique thing. <laughs> I don't know. I hope I hope not. I hope not. It's, yeah, I don't know. You heard this it here, is, folks. I, Nathan thinks Sam Howell might be Lamar Jackson, but also thinks no. He's I, <laughs> I think Sam, Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell is garbage, dude. I don't like him at all. I don't think I, I'm with Kevin. Like he's he's a functional quarterback for them. Would you? Uh, I'm I'm not going to argue that hard about whether a guy is like not the worst. So sure. He's the worst. I don't care. I took okay. it over for you, Kevin. I took where, the where does he where does he rank compared to Gino? I'll take your answers off the air. Below. <laughs> but also cheaper and younger. But we all just we all just said like Gino's not good. If this guy's or Gino is struggling and is questionable, this guy's worse than that. He's yeah. So Gino's like somewhere between the tenth and twentieth best quarterback. Sam Howell's so like somewhere, somewhere between, between like the eighteenth and twenty fourth. Like I'm not I, I want, I kind of on this. I kind of want to list them out because I do. Th- oh man! <laughs> okay, we will do this. this is, for I just a sat Patreon back and I started exclusive. watching you make the list. The end, at the end of the mm-hmm. season, we're going to do this as a Patreon exclusive. Wait, let's. I want to do it this way. I want to do it this way. Uh, Sam Howell or Josh Dobbs? <laughs> Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Really? Yeah. Did you Did you see Josh Dobbs win a game without knowing the cadence of an offense? Yeah, come on. All, all that tells Sam me Howell is that knows Josh the Dobbs cadence of this study. offense. Sam Howell, no, you games. know he studies. You know he studies. He went to space. And won four games. That's, that's more than one game. <laughs> you know you know he studied. Uh, all right. I'm I don't know. He went that. to UNC. <laughs> he might not study. Wait, are we talking about Sam Howell? Because uh, the pastronaut went yeah, to Yeah, Sam Tennessee. Howell went to North Carolina. He might not study. <laughs> he don't. He definitely doesn't. And he only eats chicken strips. <laughs> that's another big strike against him for me. Like, I love chicken strips. Don't get me wrong. Chicken but strips are unreal. Only- if you only eat chicken strips, hey guys, you might be, you might be I five. I had chicken strips for dinner, so let's change the subject. You did? You did? <laughs> I did. I really. What'd did. You, what'd you dip them in? What'd you dip them in? That's an uh, important question. I made a uh, a guacamole dip with some really uh, spicy hot sauce, habanero hot Ooh, sauce. Ooh, I like it. I like it. A little frisky. I Fancy dig it. Boy. Okay, let's do our let's do our picks for this game. I'm done uh, <laughs> messing around. It's not, play time's over, boys. Let's do this. Uh, right, what do you think, Kevin? Oh, you want me to go first? Uh, so Commanders I'll 20. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> Rough. Tape delays. Rough. Um, I'm going to go uh, 28-14 uh, Seahawks. Nice. Eric, what do you got? 24-16 Seahawks. 
I'm gonna go counting on counting on the sex. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a nice uh, sad depression hedge here. Twenty four twenty commanders. All right, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. <laughs> wow. the, best way, the best way to do so: head over to Patreon.com/slash Seahawks Nest for as little as. That's a dollar twenty four a month. <laughs> Support the show. <laughs> Listen to me. Nathan wants us to trade for Sam Howell. Listen to me talk to Brett or myself. Apparently, after the game, depending <laughs> on the result. Call me, man. I'd have, I'd have come in and played Starfield in the background. That would have been a great time. <laughs> all right. Thank you for supporting the show to these people. Do it all for the Tucci, Emmanuel, Andy, Cooper, Evan, Flockness, Gavin, James, Jost, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Ryan, Samuel, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake. Bob, Casey, Cracksnacker420, Daniel, David, Feet Me on Rye, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Poops, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and Chip. Okay. Uh, I'll keep in Chip as the hammer. This is how we close it down. Okay. The. Uh, okay. We're, so we're supposed to do 13, 13th Warrior this week, but we're going to do it next week because this week we're going to make a list of movies to help you deal uh the movies that deal with overcoming adversity the seahawks are facing a great adversary oh yeah fave five yeah yeah we're gonna list fave five movies that about movies that help you or that per depict overcoming adversity uh the, the key here <laughs> perseverance as a trait because <laughs> the seahawks need to persevere they need to overcome uh the odds uh you know john cena style here and uh and really get a couple wins on the board, get to seven and three, make it really hard for themselves to mix the playoffs. So, so behind the scenes, we spent a good 15 minutes laughing at movies that <laughs> other people put on a list of movies about overcoming obstacles. Oh my gosh. And okay, let, okay. If you so would let's, like to hit us the... up on the discord, we could have a fabulous Fave... conversation. No, no, about no, let's do it now. Should Fave, not be five, on <laughs> Fave five movies that were mentioned before the podcast that we found <laughs> other people saying were an example of this worst movies. Uh, Gone Girl, number one. I'm going Gone Girl. In the <laughs> that five was my favorite. Of the, uh, movies that should not ladybird good one yeah all right eric what's yours <laughs> movies that uh, should not have been on this list that we, that we found when we we're trying to research for God this list probably so one of my favorites i'm going rudy rudy yeah rudy on this list rudy rudy is movies that the thing i like about rudy is it's movies it's a movie that people think should be on this list but actually it should not the guy um, had so much heart nathan <laughs> it was horrible it's about uh, it's about okay. overcoming the adversity of not having enough marketing they the, got enough the marketing. Prequel, and white, now... white water rafting was way better. Oh, uh, marriage story. <laughs> marriage story. <laughs> uh, you guys in on marriage story? And then, uh, that, uh, that's definitely yeah, a good one for the shut list down of movies Fave, that shouldn't count. Shut down Fave Five worst movies uh, that, that weren't on this list. Uh, how about we put one that might actually show up on the real list? Twelve years. <laughs> Twelve years a slave. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here I we like go. Okay, let's just for that much life for Eric. <laughs> do do a let's do it. All right, actual list. I'm gonna go first. Um, my movie do in it. the Fave Five: Goodwill Hunting. Uh, great movie, overcoming challenges. Uh, great acting performances. Makes you feel good. Uh, you know, because you're waiting for that moment one day when you wake up and you go to pick up Geno Smith to be the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, and he's uh, <laughs> and he's, and not he's just there. he's not there anymore. <laughs> he's just not there anymore. I'm he's gonna just have gone. Such a wry smile. He's he's gone to gone to a better place, uh, so yeah, that's what. Whose sandwich are we pick. putting on layaway on the dashboard? That's why I want to know. Yeah, exactly. Shane All right. Waldron's 
Eric, hit me with your hit me with your uh, your Kevin, personal. You bring your thirty two cents at the end of the week. I'll give you a sandwich. <laughs> you bring me some play calling. You get a sandwich. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put throw, um, throw one pass over the middle. Work your way towards a sandwich. Mur- yeah, uh, DK targeted more than one time in the game. Uh, you know, you get a sandwich, Morgan. Magan. Uh, I'm gonna go with Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine oh, great movie. is great, great movie. because. Uh, I mean, honestly, you've got a great cast in this movie. You've got Paul Dano uh, when he was 19. Um, Greg Kinnear is a guy that I wouldn't ever say before this movie I was really impressed or really cared about. And he Excellent rocked this it in this movie. He was so good. He was very convincing as a as a person you cannot stand. A dad who's a little overbearing and not really into his family as much as he should be because he's too worried about the nine steps i think it was called his uh his self-help book that would not sell um <laughs> yeah and, and I, by the end of this movie like i am into this guy and his redemption story is great tony collette uh, always uh puts in a stellar performance um you also she was brian great cranston. alan arkin alan arkin of course brian cranston is in this movie in a bit part uh i was going to alan arkin because you know he's he's kind of like the impetus to the main character olive uh, getting into the Little Miss Sunshine pageant, and then um, of course, my uh, favorite line name? from this, or my favorite sequence from this movie, is when Paul Dano uh, finds out that he can't uh, join the Air Force because he's colorblind. Oh, and he's been uh, he's like, been he... uh, in at a self imposed speaking like he will not he will not speak until he accomplishes his goals, and he loses it. Yeah, and yeah, Abigail that's Breslin. such a great sequence. As a child actor, Abigail Breslin just shines in this movie, and um, everything she does is believable. Her little, her little pot belly, so adorable. Uh, I love this movie, and it's got a, a a great soundtrack for what it is. Steve Carell and dramatic turn. This movie is great all the way around. Total um, overcoming adversity and growing as a family together, uh, and also separately for each of them. Highly recommended. Kevin, great. What great. Great pick, great, great, uh, great monologue. No, no notes. Good nice job, good job by you. What a, Very what a, what Korean directed movie are you going to put in here? Uh, none. I'm going with the Shawshank Redemption. All right, that's a good one. Uh, so Solid. that is a movie about uh overcoming adversity uh on a number of different levels, and the level I think that uh, I get the most personal enjoyment out of is when he pulls one over on the warden after the warden basically like cuts him loose and refuses to take this case back up. Like the entire sequence where he walks into the bank and it's Morgan Freeman narrating his comeuppance um, is one of my favorite. Basically, basically it's the deconstruction scene in a heist and it's one of my favorite heist deconstructions that you'll ever find. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Now we are on to the co-picks. Eric, I'm gonna give you first bite at the apple here. Cause I did I did a I did a come at you hard earlier with the uh, I, I want you to believe more in the Seahawks. <laughs> Seahawks. So so, uh, so we're, give, give, I'm giving you first bite at that. But what do you got? What do you got for me? What you give want me, me to put me, Rudy give, on this list or something? Give, hell no. Give me hell a couple. No. Give me a couple good picks right here though. Like, I what, mean, overcoming adversity films can really be anything. Um, uh, I got. You want do me? we? I, I hold on. I thought about this. When we were going through the list, and I kind of want to throw this to the group. Are we going to put? I think we should put a sports movie in here. Okay, there's a lot of good ones. So there's this is a good. lot of yeah, good ones. It. So we could. Do you want to go funny like Major League, 
or maybe a league of their own or do you want to go with something like one of the rocky creed movies rocky's good Moneyball is good Moneyball is good the original Uh, rocky Rocky uh, is, is great i mean that is that's like a great film how about dodgeball a true underdog story that is definitely a movie if you can dodge a ranch, you can dodge a ball. It's no Rudy, but it'll have to wait for another podcast. Uh, what about Miracle? Uh, I'm not Mir- that, that one. That one, unironically, that I, the last one was a, kind of a joke. No, but. Miracle, Miracles, Miracles, really good. Uh, Kevin, do you have thoughts on this? Uh, I would say, remember um, the Titans. For, remember the Titans is in one way it's overcoming adversity, but in another way it's also like they merged the two best teams in the state and it turns out that it made a really good team. So like from a sports <laughs> aspect, it's not, but from a stop being racist aspect it is, but is overcoming being a racist adversity that I want to take in consideration. I'm going to say no. Yeah. I'm not touching that either. Uh, you know, it's screwed. So, I'm going to nominate major how about, league. How about murder ball? Yeah, <laughs> now, I'm not even joking. Enough. Murder ball. Like those guys are in wheelchairs. And they're about murder balling each other. It's sweet. That movie's so good. I actually like the Rocky pick, Eric. If you wanted me to pick one movie that you said that I think I'm going to support the hardest, I think Rocky is like a. I think Rocky actually pick. I think Moneyball is a great pick because it's subversive. Uh, The uh, the thing that you have to overcome is being the A's, and that I mean, even the (laughs) A's didn't overcome that. And and the thing that Geno Smith needs to overcome is being Being Geno Smith. Smith. Yeah. This is very relevant. It does kind of work and on you do love money ball. All right. Can, 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 let's table the sports talk for a second. We'll do like a three-way vote in just a second. I think a uh, league not, of their own, by the way, is uh, uh, is one I would give strong consideration because of both the uh, the sports aspect of the um, underdog and overcome as well as the social aspect of it. I think is I think it kind of hits both notes really well. Yeah. The, and also uh, it's just a really good movie. Why it's up there. Very entertaining. Uh, the, the baseball scenes of that movie are legit. All right, everyone, give one non-sports movie that you want to to be that you want to be immortalized in the Fate Five. Give your top pick. The Sarcastronaut. Okay, Martian <laughs> is a good choice. I like that. Uh, mine is also science fiction, and I like it better than The Martian. Mine is Gattaca. Whoa! Uh, tell me more about Gattaca. I know what I. You I never know. seen Gattaca? Uh, I've seen most of Gattaca. Why is it on your list? It's so good. That movie is so good. Uh, first of all, you got to understand something about me. If you put Jude Law in your movie, it raises it like a full <laughs> star for me. I think Jude Law is like the, the good. He Jude I, Law's this movie up. That's true. I effing love Jude Law. That scene where he's dragging himself up the, up the stairs with his, with his dead legs. So for the, it's like all time for me. I love Jude Law, but also I just think Attica is a really great movie and it's like really interesting kind of take on uh, ethan hawk's awesome too and uma thurman this is like has like just banger he's uh, actually one of the more, more underrated er- actors and ernest borgnine too uh, Wait, is, he in, is he in gattaca hell yeah he's in gattaca dude dude wow. this this movie this movie rules it's i think stat cast uh it's super stat cast it's really really good it's about something super interesting which is like in the future we might be defined by like our genetics and not like our our work ethic or our you know uh, like who we like who we are it's a it's a really about like overcoming like serious adversity he's got to overcome being like uh you know because uh, like this genetic discrimination technically illegal they say at the beginning of the movie but it's obviously defining uh th- their society and uh yeah i think 
I think this movie. I think that movie rules. I love that movie. I would, mm. I would uh, really, really, uh, highly recommend it to every person who uh, lives. And also, I think it's an interesting look at like a potential future. So, uh, and- keeping with the sci-fi theme and a, a movie Kevin brought up before we recorded, I'd be okay with Interstellar. Oh, Interstellar, good one. Very long. <laughs> yeah, yes. that movie is. I mean, Gattaca is like a hundred and forty-two minutes, also something like that. One hundred and twelve. Hundred and twelve. Oh, it just feels like it's one hundred and forty. Got it. Um, what? You guys, oh, are you guys, man. Do you guys, do you guys both not? Do you guys Kevin's both not like Gattaca? I just we, hey, it's, I not, said it's I, not that I don't like it. It's that it, it has it has a uh, middle act drag that I think is prevalent. Um, like I'm not saying the movie's bad. I'm just saying it's got some pacing problems. Oh wait, uh, wait, wait! I'm changing oh, it. Alrighty. It just came to me. Okay, go ahead. Saving the world. Arrival. Bam. Case closed. Arrival's great. I don't know. So as far <sighs> as like sci-fi goes, Arrival I mean, is my favorite. Arrival is literally my favorite movie. The I don't adversity know if it fits- of time running out and not being able to understand these aliens and really needing to figure it out was just. Yeah. It was. She's you know what? It, it was the wire. Just like me, man. I just I had adversity on this list, and then I just figured it out. Boom, Arrival. All right, Eric, pick the sports movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna have Eric pick the sports movie. Put it in. Immortalize a sports film. League of Their Own. All right, nice. Sorry, Kevin, immortalize a sci-fi film for us in the Fave Five. Uh, I'm going to go with the survival aspect of The Martian, I think, gives it for me. All right, sorry. So Martian, uh, League of Their Own, and I don't remember the rest. Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, John Dick Redemption, too, Little Miss Sunshine, and Goodwill Hunting. I, ha- I have to write them down as I go. I have terrible auditory processing. All right, for, for Kevin, for Eric, uh, we will see you next week. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.